turn to Matthew. We're in chapter 19 this week. We uh, continue on, continue marching on in this, this study, this look at what it is to follow Jesus. Doesn't matter how bad you've been, you've been in life, just ask Matthew. Doesn't matter if you have a direction pointed out in your own life. Uh, when we decide we're going to follow Jesus, he gives us new purpose. He gives us new direction. And uh, just ask Peter and Andrew and the disciples who dropped everything and went and followed him. Kind of the premise of this whole series is I think that it's fair for, for those that, that say I'm a follower of Christ, for, them, for us to completely understand, completely is a strong word, for us to have a better understanding of what we're really saying when we say I'm a follower of Christ. Because sometimes we can say that and not really realize the implications of, of what we're saying. I also think that it's fair for people that don't know Jesus, that haven't, they're not into this whole church thing. You're not into this whole Jesus thing. I think it's fair for them to understand what followers of Christ are truly all about. And, and what, not that we're perfect, not that we are, are perfect at, at following. No, we're not. We're not. We're not perfect people. But this is what we're striving for. This is what we're aiming at. And today we, we come across another person uh, that has an encounter with Jesus. Somebody thought ahead today. Thank you, uh, people in the kitchen, and brought me a bottle of water uh, because I'll probably need it. <clears throat> uh, let me ask you a question. Do you know a person, did you know a person in high school, maybe middle school, that acted like this person right here? Some of you remember who that is. Can you tell me his name? He, he was the champion of buttering people's bread. I mean, he could, he could make people feel so special, but you knew the whole time he's just blowing smoke, right? Uh, you look wonderful today, Mrs. Cleaver. And just, come on, man. Everybody can see through this show, this charade. But old Eddie Haskell, he probably could talk his way out of every speeding ticket there was. You know people like that? They get pulled over and they just put on this charm that they're able to get it. They, they get to the front of the line. They're able to get a better grade because they sweet talk the teacher. I mean, we're going to meet a guy in scripture today that in my mind, probably got a little Eddie Haskell in him. He's very impressed with his ability to uh, schmooze people, to impress people. And we come across a young man that is pretty impressed with himself. So I want us to look at Matthew chapter 19. I'm going to start reading in verse 16 through the end of the chapter. And if you're able, would you stand with me in the honor of reading of God's word. I'm reading out of the English Standard Version today. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. 
if you would enter life, keep the commandments. He, he said to him, now hold on, I gotta, I, we got we to gotta get the picture here, guys. You ready? Guy walks up to him, <laughs> impressed with himself, got a little Eddie in him, and, and, and says, what, do, what good deed do I have to do? Hold on to that word, highlight it, circle it. What do I have to do to get eternal life? And so Jesus is like, all right, I can see where we're going already. I can see where this guy's headed. He's pretty impressed with himself. Well, keep the commandments. Let's keep going. He said to him, <laughs> which ones? Which ones? Uh, okay. Uh, you shall not murder. Check. You shall not commit adultery. Check. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Can you hear this guy? Hey, the young man said to him, all these I have kept. What, what do I still lack? This guy is pretty impressed. And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go. Sell what you possess and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with a man, this is impossible. With man, this is impossible. Say it with me. But with God, all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, see, see, we've left everything to follow and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me, will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who's, who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Father, we ask this morning that we would hear from you. That your word would penetrate to the deepest places of our heart, to the deepest places of what we hold dearest. And that, Father, we would leave here today with hope, hope that is found in you. We thank you for speaking the truth to these people, for giving it to them straight. And, Lord, we ask you to do the same in our life today. And it's in your name that I pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I think about that scenario, and one of the moments in this story that stands out to me is that awkward moment, that awkward moment of silence when, when Jesus says, well, if, you'll be per if you would be perfect, then go sell all you have. See, Jesus saw through all of that mask, all of that 
facade that was on. He went straight to the issue in this man's life. He said, man, if you're going to be perfect, okay, you kept all those, law, those rules, all those laws, okay. Go sell everything you've got, give it to the poor, and come follow me and keep following me. And in that moment, that, that awkward moment of silence, after this guy was really excited, I, I check, I did that one, check, check. Uh, I, I've done all those. Now, what else do I lack? Come on, give it to me straight. Very impressed with his ability to keep the rules and to obey the rules and the law. But when it came down to it, Jesus went to his heart and said, sell everything you've got, man. I know that's what's most important to you. that moment like that awkward silence of following Jesus is not as scary as letting go of everything I have I'm going to stick with this thing that awkward moment hey can you see the boys back behind him when this guy walks up and the disciples there, and, 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 and this guy walks up, and he's so impressed with himself, and I can just see Peter tapping John. Watch this. This is about to get good. And Jesus, Jesus gives it to this man straight. He wants to know what else he needs to do, what behavior modification, what other behavior modification do I need to do in order to please God? See, he wanted eternal life. I think there's a lot of people out there that want eternal life. Would you agree? I don't think there's anybody in this room that would say, not me, I don't want any of that stuff. I also think there's a lot of people that are convinced that the more good I do, the better house I'm going to have. That I'm going to impress God even more. That God will be pleased with me even more if, if I do even more good deeds. Now, the flip side of that coin is, if I don't do as many good deeds, I'm going to disappoint God, and God will not be pleased with me, and God will be mad at me, and, and maybe this bad stuff going on in my life is because I haven't been doing as many good deeds, and you can see where that train of thought goes. I, I, I think that that's a real thing that people wrestle with. When they experience bad in their life, something triggers, and they go, I need to do more things more good things so that God will be better to me. And today, I want to remind you of this. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you have recognized sin in your life, and you've come to a point of saying, Jesus, I need forgiveness. I'm glad you died on the cross and covered my sin. I'm glad you took the punishment so I wouldn't have to. Thank you for saving me from my sin and eternal death. Jesus, I want to trust my life with you. Will you come and take over, reside inside of me? For those people who have done that, who have made Jesus Lord, do you realize that God could not be more impressed with you than he already is? 
Because when he looks upon your life, he sees the blood of Jesus. Do you remember what God said about Jesus when he was baptized? In, in my best James Earl Jones voice, this is my son, whom I am well pleased. You know, God is pleased with his son Jesus. And for those who have received him as Lord and Savior, God is pleased with you. And if you are wrestling with a religious mindset, and I know that there are some, maybe even some in this church sitting in this room who grew up in a mindset, you were taught, I have to do this, 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 in order to please God. You would even say some words like, what good deed, or what else am I lacking? I've been keeping all these rules. What else am I lacking? I feel like I need to do more to please you, God. And today I want to give you encouragement and hope. God is already pleased with you. I get the mindset. I get the mindset. Our children get the mindset. They want to, well, they want to please mom and dad, so they do more good things. And when they don't do good things, mom and dad aren't pleased. So I understand the mindset. Even in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus was, was, was given that, hey, let your light shine. Shine before all men so that they may what? See your good deeds. And then what happens as a result of that? That they would glorify God. See, our good deeds, the things that we do, are to bring glory to God. They're to bring attention to God, not attention to me. to bring glory to God. If you're taking notes, one of the things that I would write down is this. That eternal life demands absolute goodness. It demands it. Not 99.9 like this guy thought he had. absolute goodness and Jesus went straight to it he said there's only one who is good and it's Jesus himself there is only one that eternal life comes through Jesus said I'm the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father except through me not through good deeds and today I want to encourage us <clears throat> And remind us that eternal life requires absolute goodness. <clears throat> it was Jesus' point there in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, uh, in chapter 5 verse 20, he said, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Now when he says those words to the crowd sitting there on the hill, Everyone would have gone, that's not possible. The scribes would have, and the, and the Pharisees, they would have gone, <laughs> that's not possible. The, the average, everyday person sitting there that goes to temple all week would go, oh, I can never be as good as those guys. That was his point. It's, it, it's not doable. Eternal life is not achievable through your doing if you look at the bottom of the page it's the big idea i want to ring this bell all day long <coughs> it 
Eternal life has nothing to do with what you do or what you have. It has everything to do with what Jesus has done. So for the person that's here today that is wrestling with, with I've got to do more good, I've got to do this so that I can please God more, and even the flip side of the coin, I want to remind you that even your best attempts, even your, I mean, when you're hitting a thousand on doing good, it's like Billy Ray. It's just not enough. That is not the way to eternal life. This guy was convinced he was good enough he was being good enough. He checked off every one of those boxes that Jesus gave. Still, what am, I, what am I lacking? All right, if you insist upon going down this road of self, uh, self-praise, self-glorification, self, uh, you can make it on your own. Okay, if you're insistent upon going down that road, go sell everything you got. Give it away to the poor. doesn't impress what we do our behavior it's not impressive as far as eternal life is concerned you know these good works that we do uh, for example on the 23rd of this month when we all show up right after church we have pizza over there and we, we put on some shirts and let everybody know we're on the same team and we walk across the street we are we are not going to to serve our community in order to be in relationship with God. The result of going and serving is not, the result of that is not being in relationship with God. Hey, the going and serving is a result of me being in relationship with God. I'm compelled. We are to be compelled by his love to go and love others. It is the mantra that we say around here all the time, love God and love others. And we do that because we are in relationship with him, not so that we can be in relationship with him. Jesus took this man to his point of real need, and he said, go and sell. Let me ask you a question today because this is uh, something that I believe the American Christian must must wrestle with this particular scenario this story this event this time when this happened is one that we as american followers of christ must wrestle with because by the standards of the world we are the wealthiest people on the planet easily i would say even in history my possessions more important to me than following Jesus? Would I give it all up if Jesus walked in the room, and by the way, he's here, and he looked at me and said, go and sell it, give it to the poor, come follow me. Would there be awkward silence? Let's be clear about something because it, it, this can be a rabbit that we chase pretty easy. This young man's wealth was not the problem. It wasn't the issue. Having wealth is not the issue. 
that's the issue. His worship of his wealth. His heart's devotion to his wealth. His commitment to his stuff, his wealth, was, was more than his commitment to following Jesus. And Jesus, we've said this week after week, one of the things, he's given it to this guy straight. It's one of the things I appreciate, appreciate how Jesus treated folks that he encountered. He gave it to him straight. He didn't beat around the bush. Man, listen. Listen, okay, you've kept all the rules, and I know you're impressed with yourself, Eddie, but I'm going to get past that. Let's get straight to it. Man, because if you're going to come and follow me and keep following me, then I want to be number one in your life. I want to be the highest priority in your life. And I can see Jesus apparently saw it or discerned it your stuff is so important to you are you willing to put that on the sacrifice are you willing to put your earthly treasures on the altar and sacrifice them and inherit eternal treasure and there was awkward silence and I wish I knew what his facial expression was when he made the decision to turn. And there's Jesus and there's the crew. Walked away sorrowful. I want eternal life. I want it. But I ain't willing to do that. And that is something that the American Christian must wrestle with. I willing because having it's not the issue it's the heart that's the issue and Jesus wants our heart I'm so glad that Jesus was willing to give it to him straight that he didn't pull punches he didn't soften it he, he gave it to him straight I want all of you man and then come and follow me and keep following thankful that that's the way Jesus operated you know first Timothy chapter 6 verse 10 it's a familiar verse it says for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil it's that love of money it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains and I don't want that for anybody it's that love money. Jesus wants to be first. He wants to be first. Doesn't have eternal life doesn't have anything to do with what you do or what you have. It has everything to do with what Jesus has done and done for you. So <clears throat> he says, come follow me. The guy left and then we get to the lesson. Look at verse 23. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. There's the lesson. It's not impossible. With man, it might be impossible. With God, all things are possible. You know, I'm, guess, I'm not guessing. I think this was confusing to the disciples because they had been taught that wealth was a blessing of God. Back to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let me read, let me read a couple of verses to you out of Deuteronomy. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, 
The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on the, of the earth. And all the blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. You shall, blessed shall be, whoa, blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground and, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds and your young of your, and of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go. The teaching of, man, when you have wealth, that is a blessing of God. They had been taught that. They had, that's their understanding. And it's an understanding that's still present today, isn't it? Well, we get a pay raise, God is good. We get, we get a little more, a bonus, God is good. God is good. And, and it's a ble- we see it as a blessing of God. And so they ask a legitimate question, man, well, well then, <laughs> if it's hard for them who have truly been blessed, then who can be saved? If they can't be saved, then who can? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. I, I have a little, little better understanding of what that actually might have looked like when I was in Ethiopia traveling down one of those roads in that 14-hour drive. Uh, we passed them on the road. I stuck my camera back towards the back window, click. And that hump on their back was taller than our van. I mean, they're, they're big animals. And I don't know when the last time you looked at a needle, but that's a small hole. <laughs> uh, that would be difficult to get that through the eye of a needle. But with God, all things are possible. If the wealthy can't, man, who are blessed by God, then who can come in? Jesus looked at him and said, with this, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. And, and, and Peter reminded him, we've left everything to follow you, Jesus. We've left everything to follow you. And he reminds him, yeah. Yeah, you will, you will be rewarded significantly in the next life. I know that you've left your homes, your land, your father, your mother, your brothers. I, I know that. And you'll receive your reward in the, in the next life. Again, eternal life has nothing to do with what you have or what you've done. People in themselves do not have what it takes to enter the kingdom of God, but with God, all things are possible. I find it interesting that the passage right before our text is the placement of the interaction Jesus had with children. Look at verse 13. The children were brought to him that he might lay hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, let the little children come. Let them come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. Now listen. Uh, children in that culture uh, 
sometimes viewed as a menace, as a pest. I just came from uh, a few weeks ago from Ethiopia. I've got a few pictures of children. Uh, I don't know if you can see that. Uh, you, I wish you could see the kid that's in the middle between those two boys that Ethiopia shows there. Uh, next picture. Uh, if you can see how dirty his sweatshirt is, it just... These kids have nothing to offer. Nothing. They don't... That sweatshirt, ain't no telling the last time it's been washed. They are thankful for any little anything they get. We stopped by a roadside farmer's market, and the children, they saw the white guy. And that automatically means money. So they come running. And this one little girl, she, she was just, she had learned how to play it, man. She was, she was, one bird. One bird, one bird. And just, I want, I, it's the equivalent of three cents or something like that to us. Just one bird. One, we're hungry. They have nothing to offer. They're begging. They, they want, all they want is, I, I need what you have. And Jesus, in the lesson, or the little three, four lines in our Bible right before this rich man, we see a picture of children who have nothing. This was in one of the villages at the church service at night. Every once in a while, I would take my camera while I'm sitting down, and I would just aim it, click. I wouldn't do this. I would just, they wouldn't know. And they're just staring. I wonder what they're thinking. They have nothing, nothing to offer. And Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven will be populated with people like that. Nothing to offer. They can't contribute. They are in total dependence on what I have. Jesus says, it is those kind of people that are totally dependent upon me. They don't think they have anything to offer to get into the heaven. They totally need me. Those people will populate heaven. And today, as we conclude, Kyle will make his way up. Uh, I, I just want us to spend a few minutes considering this issue. Am I totally dependent upon Jesus for everything? For everything. Or am I still dependent Am I still thinking that I have the ability, I need to do more good so that I can impress God more? And today I want you to hear from the Father that if you are a child of God, he is already impressed with you because of who lives in you. I don't want you to get caught up in the trap of, of, of some religious demand that taught along the way. Yes, we are to do good so that it can draw attention to God. Not to draw God's attention to us. God, let me do more good so you can notice me. That's not it. It's so that attention can be drawn to Him.
and glory can be given to him. We go and serve Fox Hill and then the next neighborhood and then the next neighborhood, not so that we can get attention, but so that God can be glorified. So will you come today like one of these children, totally dependent on Jesus? In the next few minutes, I want to talk to the person that has never trusted God. Whether you're sitting in the room today or whether you're listening online, you've never come to a place of saying, you know what? I've never surrendered my life to Jesus to take over. I want to talk to, to that person today. I need you to realize that our sin, and every one of us have it, our sin separates us from God. I need you to know that. I need you to know that because of the sin that each of us have, every one of us in this room deserve punishment. But God has a solution for our sin problem. And that solution is Jesus Christ. I need you to know that God loves us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross, to shed his blood, to cover my sin and your sin. God has a plan. He has a plan for your life. It's not what I can do, but it's what God did, what Jesus did for me and did for you. <clears throat> what God asks of you and I is not to try to, to make up for all of our sin, which, which I think we, we do often. He doesn't ask that of us. What he asks is that we trust in his son Jesus. That's what he asks. That we trust him with our life. See, it's impossible for me and you to impress God to the point that he would say, okay, come on in. But don't we know a bunch of people that would say, well, how could God send me to hell? I'm a good person. Don't we know there are a lot of people that say that? And I'm just glad that God shot with us straight. He gave us the truth straight up. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And somewhere along the way, Somebody introduced this thought that you can impress by God by how many good things you do. But today, I need us to understand that's not what impresses God. In fact, the Bible clearly says it's impossible to please God without faith. Will you put your faith in Jesus today? Will you come like one of these little children who have nothing to offer? I don't, I don't have anything to to add to this, uh, to, to contribute to gaining eternal life. Today, you, you might even pray this prayer. Today, Jesus, I recognize my sin, and I know I need forgiveness. I'm thankful that you came and died for my sin so that I wouldn't have to. And today, I want to trust you with my life. The best way that I know how I'm asking your Holy Spirit to come and reside with my spirit inside of me. 
Will you take over my life? Thank you, Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to respond to that. If that was you, if that's a step that you took today, that you would make a, a physical response in just a moment. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands, but I want you to, hey, it's not something we take lightly around here. Committing your life to Christ is, is, a, is a huge step. So chew on that for a minute. I need to talk to a, another group of people. Those that are here today that wrestle with some, maybe some teaching that you've had your whole life that you need to do more good so that you can impress God. And today you need to come back to the truth of knowing that God is already impressed with you because you've trusted Jesus as your Savior. And today might be a day that you get to go, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for loving me, even with all the times that I don't do what I know I should do. Thank you that you love me through those times. Thank you for giving me a direction in my life. Thank you for pointing me and giving me a purpose. I want you to leave today with hope and encouragement that we have in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, for the person that's here today that has, has come to a place of trusting in you, they've, they've placed their, their hope, their faith in you. They've asked you to forgive them of their sins. They've, they've appealed to you to come and take up residence in their life. Father, as your word teaches us, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And today, Lord, for the person that has called upon you, I praise you. I praise you for doing what only you can do, and that is the saving of a soul. And so I want to ask, with every head bowed, if there's someone here today that has prayed and asked for forgiveness and asked Jesus to come into your life, would you do me a favor and just raise your hand real quick so that I can know who I'm praying for, anybody? Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for doing what only you can do. I wonder who's here today that would say, Joel, man, I've got some, I just got some things I need to let go of, man. I need to rest in the assurance that I have in Jesus. And, and I try working so hard to please him. And when I'm not doing good, I feel so guilty. When I experience bad things in life, I kind of feel like it's God turning his back on me. And, and I need to let go of that. I need to know. I need to, I'm thankful that I'm reminded today that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. that's you today you just need to come back and rest in what he did for you and 
let go of trying to do all of those things to get God's attention to impress him. So I'm praying for you in this next moment. Would you just simply raise your hand and let me know? Joel, that's me. You got it. See? God, would you do just that? In these final moments, you've heard our prayers, you've heard our, our plea. Come and remind those that uh, wrestle through, man, wrestling with, with uh, maybe some religious thoughts that they can just come and rest in and find your love and acceptance. Come, Jesus, and do that, I pray. Pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. As we close, I'm